listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. The Cardinal Health Counter-Talk podcast in collaboration with Pharmacy Podcast Network is for independent pharmacists to learn about the state of the industry, innovative services and solutions, and the future of pharmacy. Join me, your host, Jason Calori, for conversations with pharmacists, Cardinal Health leaders, and industry experts sharing best practices, discussing industry trends, and showcasing Cardinal Health products and services. You can subscribe to the Cardinal Health Counter-Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cardinal Health Counter Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Calori, and today we are tackling an important topic that I know is relevant to many independent pharmacists today, and that's pharmacist burnout. We will also be talking a little bit about point-of-care testing and how that's been evolving over the last several years before, during, and after the time of COVID. And to do that, we have brought in some of the best and brightest here at Cardinal Health, who are both pharmacists and can speak to these issues on a more personal level. Today, joining us, we have pharmacist Sherry Schmidt. She has worked as a practicing community pharmacist and is a director of clinical pharmacy for a group of independent pharmacies. She is currently a clinical pharmacist on Cardinal Health's Pharmacy of the Future clinical team and is helping to manage innovative pharmacy-focused solutions for independent and small-chain community pharmacies. Along with her is pharmacist Tanya Shackelford. She is the Senior Manager for Product and Solutions Management for Cardinal Health. She's a graduate of the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy and has close to 30 years of retail pharmacy experience. This includes independence and small and large chain operations at a store, district, and corporate level. Welcome to the show, Sherry and Tanya. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Oh, sure. Fantastic. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Tanya, you're, you're here from Florida, right? I'm here from Tampa, from, yes. From, from Tampa up to the cold the cold winter in Ohio. Uh, and Sherry, you live right here in Ohio? I live in, Ohio, in Iowa. Oh, that's the right. You the other four-letter state. The so. other four. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Before we kick off our, our hot topic today, Cheryl, why don't you, uh, Sherry, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your background? I went into a little bit of it, but kind of tell us a little bit more about your personal experience as a pharmacist. Yeah, I've been in community pharmacy um, on the independent side my entire career, and that's really where my passion lies. And, you know, I have a very strong belief in the relationship between a community pharmacist and the patient. And that's really why I came to Cardinal Health is the opportunity to kind of um, further enhance the profession of community pharmacy with all the resources that Cardinal has and, and being on the clinical team. Um, you know, being able to help provide solutions to them. So I think this is a really important topic today because we're talking about solutions for clinical pharmacy in the community pharmacies, but also the burnout that's come along with that, which is a real thing. So happy to be here today. And Tanya, you have a wealth of experience, as you said, between the clinical side, large, small chain, independent. Go into some of your experience and what you've seen and what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Yeah, so um, my very first job was as a clerk at a at a community pharmacy in my small town in Mississippi. So that's all I know. I've not done anything else. Um, and so I have, you know, throughout pharmacy school and after pharmacy school, I did some independent for a couple of years. I've worked for some of the, the big chains um, 
for about 15 years, I have worked, I was actually the director of clinical services for Fred's, um, a small regional chain out of Memphis for about five years. So um, done a lot, seen a lot on both sides from both the, the corporate and the store standpoint and seen the changes. Um, you know, I graduated in 1994 from pharmacy school when I was like seven, because that's how young I am now. <laughs> um, so, so um, you know, the, the way pharmacy has evolved in that time is, is unreal. And, and what our pharmacists and our technicians and um, what, what's going on in community pharmacy today is, is, doesn't even closely resemble what it was, you know, almost 30 years ago. Yeah, and this isn't just in terms of solutions and offerings and and bringing in products. This is this is this is stretched between every piece of uh, every level of the pharmacist and what they're doing behind the counter. Uh, obviously, reimbursements is a big uh, subject that we all talk about. But let let's set this up a bit. So, in December 2021. The APHA released a press release on pharmacist burnout. In the release, they recognized pharmacy workforce issues that led to the frustration and burnout, uh, and it's been building for some time now. But they have been, they've become more accurate with the stressors brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, pharmacists have demonstrated their commitment to serving the healthcare needs of their patients and communities throughout the pandemic, but it is becoming increasingly more difficult just to, uh, to sustain these efforts, what do you guys think are the root cause of these issues? Obviously, COVID is a, is a huge umbrella statement that we can make over all this, but there's some other factors in there that I think people are, uh, they don't recognize right away. I would say, you know, that it's always in pharmacy kind of comes down to reimbursement as being one of the issues. So reimbursement in, the, in pharmacy has been declining for quite some time. And, you know, prior to COVID, it was sustainable. Pharmacies were kind of keeping their head above water. Um, reimbursement was was declining. They were doing more with less, but they were able to do those things. And then when COVID hit, um, you know, pharmacies, as you said, they, they stepped up for their communities and they took on more and more. They were open a lot of times when other providers weren't. They were accessible to the community, which is great. Um, but they were already operating on lean staffs, and so they haven't been able to add additional resources. And, you know, you hear sometimes about, well, just increase the price. Well, in pharmacy, they can't just increase the price. So they're, they're, they've added on more um, with even less resources that have been given to them. Well, as far as increasing the price, why is that such a difficult thing to do? Well, because of the the environment of, of community pharmacy and retail pharmacy and how it works, the PBM set the price. Correct. Like, mm-hmm. we, they're, they're, you can raise the price, but it's not going to change how much you get paid. And so, you know, there there is the usual and customary and, and what the PBMs will pay. So you have to figure out how to run a business and manage your business within the constraints of the payments that you're getting. And so that's kind of where... There's over the, I would say, last 15 years, really, pharmacy has tried to expand and, and provide other services outside of just, you know, putting pills in a bottle mm-hmm. for additional avenues of revenue, as well as improving overall patient care. Well, you get, in, you get into that conversation of practicing at the top of your license and utilizing every asset and every skill that you have. But again, it kind of, kind of comes down to when you guys talk about adding these different services, new testing, COVID testing, 
it's like, yes, we can do that. But at the same time, are we are they giving any sort of additional technology and resources to help do that, especially when we talk about um, staffing issues as well? And I, just going back a little bit, I will say, you know, there have been some good things that farm has come out of it. So pharmacy has become more efficient. So I think prior to um, COVID, uh, a lot of pharmacies weren't really using like a scheduling tool and some proactive types of things that they could do. But they've kind of found, you know, like patients do want this and it does help them with their business. So, you know, there have been some things that have that have happened to help make pharmacy more efficient. And there's probably more that still could be done. But to that point, staffing is definitely an issue. Yeah. Have you have you guys found some really creative ways that people have kind of embraced the COVID pandemic to to kind of help not only grow their pharmacies, but also to be a real community uh, provider? Yeah, I mean, one thing is, is like Sherry said, you know, these pharmacies, when, when everybody else shut down, pharmacies were still open. Yep. And, um, you know, when it came time to to start vaccinating patients, I mean, it was, we, we saw that when people were having to wait in these long lines at these vaccination centers. It was just a nightmare, hard to get people vaccinated. But when we were able to get the vaccine into the community pharmacies, you know, that's when we really started making an impact. And when pharmacists started, you know, making a dent and, and you think about how many, how many lives have been saved because people were able just to go into their local community pharmacy and get their vaccine or go get tested. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of things, and we've been, and I will say this, you know, we've talked about, when we're going to talk about point-of-care testing later, but, you know, pharmacies have tried for a while to do point-of-care testing and to do some of these other services for patients, but the patients didn't really envision that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it wasn't their first, until COVID, nobody thought, hey, I, f- I think I've got the flu. I think I'm going to run to the pharmacy and get a flu test. That just didn't happen. You that's, went, that's a really that's a really good point. Even though pharmacists could do it, it was just that mentality wasn't there. And so now coming out of COVID, there's just a lot of things. I think that there's a recognition by um, everyone of what pharmacists can do versus what they have been kind of relegated to in the past. And so I think that that's a, a big a big thing that's probably come out of COVID. Yeah, there's kind of an interesting like back and forth between the customer that didn't realize, okay, or the patient that could go in, they're, they're thinking, oh, I, I did not realize that I can go get a, a vaccine at a pharmacy. Like they'll rather just, or they, the first inclination is to go to the doctor. Um, and same thing with the pharmacy. The pharmacy, maybe, maybe the pharmacist has been just filling prescriptions most of the time and selling products, but now they've gone to shift. Uh, and to be that that healthcare center for the community, so it's kind of a two like they're both discovering each other <laughs> a little bit. And the community is rediscovering the pharmacy too. You asked about innovative things that you've seen um, community pharmacies doing. Well, community pharmacies are part of their communities, and so some of the things that we've seen are partnering with community partners. So, for instance, there was a pharmacy that I know of that. The library reached out to the pharmacy and said, nobody's coming to the library during COVID, so what can we do to help? And the pharmacist said, can you help enroll people who don't have access to a computer to get signed up for a vaccine or for testing? And they said, absolutely. There's another situation where um, the pharmacy partnered with different, with the fire department and different people in the city to help run a large drive-through vaccination clinic. So I think when you t- 
talk about community pharmacy, what makes it work is because they are part of their community. And so you ha now have communities um, who maybe haven't utilized their community pharmacy as often as they should have, whether it be for vaccine or testing or just realizing that this is an accessible health care um, team member that's important to their health. How about independent pharmacists partnering with doctors in their area? If, if doctors are overwhelmed and they can't see all these patients or... I feel like it would be smart for them to partner up with uh, their local doctors in their community so they could send them to the community pharmacist. Do you see more of that practice happening as well? Yeah. So one of the big things is, you know, when when we first went into the pandemic and people weren't going to the doctor and, you know, we saw all of this because people were afraid of getting sick. And so, you know, your, your family practice doctors, most of your doctors in general have been like, you know what? We would rather you not come to the doctor's office if you're sick and need to get tested. That's when you go to the drive-through lane at the pharmacy or one of these, you know, don't bring the sickness in. You know, we, there's another way, and your pharmacist will let us know if you test positive, and we can, then we can go from there. So I think that's been really big because I think, you know, in, in years past, there was a little bit of a uh, turf war so to speak, you know, when pharmacists started doing vaccines, physicians were worried that they were going to take their business, right? And when they're doing point of care testing, I know a lot of pharmacies didn't want to do that because they were afraid it would offend the, the prescriber that they have such a close relationship with. And so I think what we see now is the prescribers are seeing, you know, the balance between and how, how can the pharmacist help me manage my patients better and keep them all safer and, and, you know, well. Yeah, I mean, everyone's staying kind of compliant and everyone getting healthier, better outcomes. I mean, this is, this is kind of the backbone of what this whole community pharmacy and partnering with, with the community is all about, honestly. Right, and the other thing is during COVID, you know, high blood pressure and diabetes and cancer didn't go away. Those things are all still happening yeah. and people still need access to that care. So, you know, um, physicians have been able to partner with their community pharmacies to help manage those disease states as well. So it goes beyond COVID. And I don't remember the stat off the top of my head, but there's a large physician shortage predicted um, coming up in the next few years. And so um, I think physicians are, as Tanya said, maybe less of a turf war and starting to understand how they can partner with their pharmacies. And payers are starting to notice that as well, um, you know, how maybe it might be beneficial to contract together with pharmacies and physician teams. So wrapping this back around to pharmacy burnout, I mean, I think people don't, also don't understand. You have to remember, you know, pharmacy, pharmacists are also putting, you know, their health at risk a little bit, you know, inviting you know, people that may have COVID symptoms, people that may have COVID into their stores and help treat them, give them vaccines. How much of that do you think factors into some of the pharmacy burnout as well as trouble finding staff? And and as we talked about to kick it off, the, you know, the reimbursements and the payers. Yeah, I'm, I think for one of the things that's really adding to burnout is just perception of the public and and, and an understanding of, of what all is actually going on in the pharmacy. That's interesting. Go ahead. You know, the, mm -hmm. the people that are going to the pharmacy to get their prescriptions filled are getting frustrated because the staff is so stretched out doing vaccines and testing. Mm -hmm. The people that want to get vaccines or get a, a test done are frustrated because the pharmacy is working on filling prescriptions. And so, you know, there's only so much you can do in a per period of time safely, and there's only so many, and in, in going to staffing, you know, really and truly, staffing has not increased with this increase in, in services. 
um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, going back to reimbursement, you can only you, you have a business to run. Like you, you have to afford to be able to pay people. <laughs> and if you aren't getting paid enough, then you can't do that. Number two, just like everybody else in the world, it's hard to find people that can that can work, that are willing to work in a pharmacy or in healthcare. Healthcare is not easy right now. Absolutely. And, you know, um, <clears throat> I think that just the fact that you can't get more staff still trying to get the same amount of work done. And then when you really start to factor in and you think about it, and I think this is what the public perception where we have, you know, they forget. Pharmacists are, this is a very serious thing that pharmacists are doing when they're filling your prescriptions and they're checking to make sure you're getting the right medication at the right strength and no, you know, drug interactions. And that's, that's stressful and that puts a lot, an added burden. And when, as you get busier and you're still trying to, to make sure that you're taking care of your patients the best way that you can and that you're not doing anything that would potentially hurt someone, that increases that, that's that burnout and that stress because you're trying to do the same amount, you know, more work with the same number of people in the same amount of time, yeah, and still be that, and still be maintain quality. That's a huge point that I think people don't realize. I mean, I I understand. I mean, I mean, I've been there. You go to a pharmacist, you get online, you're trying to get your prescription, you're in a hurry. You don't really realize exactly what's happening, you know, behind that counter. And, and what a pharmacist, the burden that they have to really try to make sure that as the points that you connected with is making sure those those pills are the, the right, the right strength, the interactions, all that. And that's that's just on top of running a business. Cheryl, you, Cheryl, you absolutely had something to say. about I that did. Too. You know, I, I've said this a couple of times, but the pharmacist is the most accessible healthcare provider. So think about just walking into your doctor's office to ask them a question. You can't do that, but you can walk into your pharmacy. You can call your pharmacy. They're on social media. You can email them. So you know, you think about all of that coming in, and you know, pharmacy. When COVID vaccine came out, it kind of everyone was very excited. Seemed like a lot of light at the tunnel and pharmacists went off to a sprint. So working extra hours, doing clinics, doing lots of things, um, you know, to get that vaccine to the community. And now it feels like this sprint has turned into a marathon, but we're still sprinting. So, you know, I think that's the piece that, you know, I, I think pharmacies would just ask um, patients to be patient with them and to be as proactive as possible and just understand that, you know, I know a lot of pharmacies do medication synchronization now where they time up refills. So instead of coming a couple different times to the pharmacy, you can call everything in a few days in advance and then come in. So things like that are very helpful to the pharmacy because it does help make their workflow proactive so that they can do the acute things that need to be done. Yeah, and some pharmacists are really kind of taken to technology too. I mean, I've seen some video consults being done from pharmacies as well just to you know, keep that connection. Listen, pharmacy is all about relationships. And I think during this time, you know, to keep those relationships and to help as many people as possible, are, you know, that's what it's all about. You guys hit on some amazing points. What resources or tools do you guys have that could be available for pharmacists experiencing burnout? So, 
you know, really when you think, so Sherry and I both, I, I know you've done this, I've done it. You know, when you're a pharmacist and you're busy and you go, you go home at night and you get in bed and you lay there and you think through every prescription that you filled, <laughs> you're, you're reliving your whole day. Going, Does that happen? You guys oh, yeah. Do that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, okay. you lay there and you're like, oh my gosh, today was horrible. Did I, did I get Miss Smith's medicine? You know, did you, I do this? Did I remember to do and that? And so yep. that, that's a real thing. And that's so, incredible. Yeah. Okay. So. And, and that's what I hear from a lot of my pharmacist friends is, you know, I leave at the end of the day and I'm just petrified that, that I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you talk about solutions to help pharmacy and to help pharmacists and, and burnout, you have to look at, first of all, utilizing your technicians to the extent that they can be used. I, I know um, pharmacists are groomed to be, have um, OCD. <laughs> and to not want to let go of things. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, comes down to it's, it, I'm ultimately responsible for everything that goes out that door. So I want to look at every, you know, I want to be, instead of letting the, the technicians do the things that they can do. And that takes things off of the pharmacist and it kind of smooths out the workflow so it's not so stressful. But I think, you know, the, the big thing is, there's a lot of different types of things, solutions that can help. Sherry talked about scheduling. That's a huge thing. You know, if you have some type of solution to help you schedule services outside of just filling prescriptions, right? And you have those times set aside and you, you have a you have a, a, a calendar for that. And so, and then you look at, you know, where can I bring in more revenue so that I can have more help? And that's where you get into, you know, medication therapy management, which helps your patients get, you know, manage their meds and and you get more revenue in from that. Plus it lowers your DIR fee. There's just all kinds of benefits that come from that. But um, when you look at, you know, immunizations and point of care testing, those types of things, the revenue that you bring in from those is a lot higher than, than filling prescriptions. And so when you really start looking at what, what all can I do to bring in enough revenue that I can run my business the way I feel like it needs to be run, that's that's where you, you kind of get into that. Let's get back to a little bit of what Tani was saying when it comes to, you know, different solutions that could help the pharmacist when it comes to scheduling, when it comes to bringing in more revenue um, in these times to maybe help you with staffing and help bring in some new technologies that could help uh, relieve maybe some of that stress. Um, what are some of the solutions that Cardinal Health is doing to advocate for some of these, you know, to bring these solutions forward? So I think the first thing is, you know, like Tanya talked about is workflow, so making your workflow proactive. But with the Pharmacy of the Future team, we have a couple of different programs and pilot that are working on bringing new revenue streams to community pharmacies. So one of them is a chronic care management and remote patient monitoring pilot program where pharmacies um, partner with a physician to do some incident to billing to Medicare. Um, So they're able to bill for some of the things that they're already doing with helping patients monitor their blood pressure or their glucose or their different disease states. So it's just a way to kind of provide some revenue and and, um, offset some of the things that Tanya was talking about. But a lot of different programs and opportunities are available to pharmacies. But again, it's all about 
managing your workflow and your staffing, I think training your staff to, so it's not just the pharmacist practicing at the top of their license, but everyone in the pharmacy and, you know, technicians now are able to do a lot more than they used to. So Mm -hmm. assuming you can find a technician and hire one, which is difficult (laughs) to do right now. Which is the real trick right now. Yeah. If you have one, they're gold. So treat them well. So, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, making sure everyone is practicing at the top of their license in the, in the pharmacy is always also helpful. Yeah. And then on my team, we have the, you know, my team manages and and supports the patient care solutions, you know, our clinical solutions here at Cardinal that we make available to our, to our customers. Um, Among them, again, we talked about this, the scheduling. We have a a solution for point of care testing that really helps the, the customers get started. There's a lot involved with point of care testing from an education standpoint, from a preparation, from you know, what kind of, of waivers and licenses and, you know, certifications do you need? Well, we spoke about a little bit earlier how, you know, pharmacists were doing point-of-care testing, but now it's just been the spotlight has been put on it more, especially with COVID, and there's so many more test options coming out for pharmacists. How have you guys seen point-of-care testing evolve, not just over the time of COVID, but even from if you go back from 10 years ago till now, what, what has that been like? Well, I think, I think, again, it goes back to awareness. I think mm-hmm. it's even, you know, pharmacists going, oh, hey, I can do this. And patients going, oh, hey, my pharmacist can do this. Mm-hmm. And then the types of tests, you know, the, the, the expansion of the types of tests that can be done at the pharmacy level. I mean, you know, when, when I first started really getting into point-of-care testing in pharmacy, I would say back in 2014, 2015, really looking into it, you really just looked at flu and strep. And that was pretty much, that was the extent of it. Yeah. But, you know, like our solution today, we have flu, we have strep, we have COVID, we have um, HIV, HPV. You know, there's a lot of different um, mono, Lyme disease. There's all kinds of different things you can test for. And then one of the things that's really great right now um, is the combo test. So one sample and you can test for flu and COVID both. And so, you know, the symptoms are so similar mm-hmm. that it's hard to go, okay, do I need to give them a flu test? Do I need to give them a COVID test? And then you hear this nightmare thing that's going around, which there's reported cases of actual flu rona, people that, <laughs> that test positive for flu and for COVID. Oh, God. <laughs> so these are huge strides. What about state regulations? I mean, everything's different from state to state. How have those expanded across the country? That's just what I was going to say. The other thing that's changed is not only the types of tests that are available and patients' awareness about it, but, you know, previously for a pharmacist to do a test, they'd then have to send the result to a physician or have some type of collaborative practice agreement. But now with the PREP Act for some things, you can test and treat right at the pharmacy. So it's become a healthcare destination. And some states are have worked to make that legislation enacted to be ongoing, so outside the PREP Act. So, you know, you could go to a pharmacy and pharmacists have expanded scope of authority to practice to to do that test and then prescribe the treatment for that. So you can go to the pharmacy and leave with your treatment in hand um, within a matter of maybe 30 minutes. Wow, that's incredible. How How is the Cardinal Health, in particular, their point-of-care testing uh, program advanced over this past, just this past year, with everything happened with COVID? Well, I think a big thing is, is again, going back to the, the expansion of the available tests that we have within our solution and, yeah, and, yeah. and the 
and the expansion of the training itself and, and the support and the resources that, that we can provide and help pharmacies get set up. And again, going back to different states, we, we try to help the customers know what state regs will let you do what. There's some states that say um, are allowed to, to pers- pharmacists can prescribe PrEP. You know, and so you get a negative HIV test, then we can provide you with with prep beds. And oh, so, wow. yeah. in some states, that is that's legal. So maneuvering through all of that, I think, is how we've really expanded it. And then also trying to help the landscape of billing and what you can bill for. You know, from a testing standpoint, and what you have to pay cash. You know, what what customers would have to pay cash, and how do they resubmit it to their insurance to get reimbursed, or how can it be billed in the pharmacy? All those different types of things. That's what we've really worked on over the last year. Is is really beefing up that solution for our yeah, customers, and, that, and it really all comes back to revenue and, right. and getting paid for these these services that were that pharmacies are providing to the community. That's so very important. Yeah, and our Pharmacy the Future team also has a pilot program going on. Um, it's a telemedicine pilot program. So for pharmacies that are located in states that may only be a test-only state, mm-hmm. um, they can partner with the telemedicine provider. It uses an, an, an app on an iPad, so the patient comes into the pharmacy. The pharmacy does the test if it's appropriate, and if they get a positive result, they can hook up the patient with the provider right there in the pharmacy as well. So that's just another solution that can be offered. Yeah, well, the- the, the kind of the the thread that's running through all of these is um, I just feel like, you know, pharmacists are built on relationships and all these solutions kind of help not only keep those relationships, build those relationships, but also provide these uh, these great uh, solutions to each and every community that they're working in. So um, uh, sharing time, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming in and talking to us about these uh about pharmacy burnout, about some of the solutions, about some of the in and outs and the workings. You guys blew my mind when you said as a pharmacist you go to sleep and you're thinking in your head. Every <laughs> each, day. Each and every uh, pharmacy, every, each and every prescription that you guys fill, that's that's incredible. I gave flu shots in my sleep during flu season. Honestly, <laughs> like felt like I woke up and had done a flu clinic, so... Yeah. I mean, that just, I listen, I've been, you know, marketing and talking with pharmacists for over 20 years and uh, that that's actually something I never heard of yet, and that just uh, that just gives me even more respect than I already had. So, so again, uh, my name is Jason Clore. I want to thank uh, Sherry and Tanya for uh, talking with us here on the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast. Please find us on cardinalhealth.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been thanks. fun. Outside of having to get out of Tampa and come into the cold, it's, it's been a great trip. <laughs> All right. For all of you listening out there, thank you so much. And uh, see you next time right here on the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast. Take care.